2: We're glad you could join us and be part of our family. Before we get into the word, Lord Charles, will you be willing to open us up in prayer?
3: Yes. Well, I just thank you, Lord, for being our Father, Lord, and just being kind to us, Lord, and just admonishing us to go back to the right direction, Lord, and just helping us to do that, Lord, and we just invite your Holy Spirit to guide us as we go through these devotions, Lord, and as we go through our lives, Lord. But I also just thank you for just what you have been doing, Lord, even if it's not in our own lives, but, Lord, we still know that you have blessed us in blessing others, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. All right, well, we're continuing our study with Second Peter, and we're in chapter 2, and can I get a volunteer to read from verses 12 through 17, please?
4: I will. All
0: right, promise, go for it, sir.
4: But these, like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand, and will utterly perish in their own corruption, and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count to pleasure to carouse in the daytime. There are sparks and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are cursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. These were wells without water, Clouds carried by tempters, for whom it is reserved, the blackness of darkness forever.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. All right. So, will start with you guys, and give you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, and to ask any questions that you may have. All right? Yes. Okay. Who would like to begin?
5: I will. Yay, thank you, Dean. go for it, Dean. Yes, I, the, the first thing that I think is important to understand is that we can understand this. As Christians, we may have a, a tendency to look at this and go, well, how foolish could somebody be? How could they get to this level of depravity, right, and, and move in this direction? And I don't think we need to be fooled by that. I think we need to recognize that um, we can fully understand that. And in fully understanding it, we can speak to that and help others move away from that and move towards a relationship with Christ or even some that are in the fellowship that um, have have maybe not drifted away but drifted in a direction that they're uh, not as pure as they could be <clears throat> so we could help guide them back. God has created our mind in a wonderfully magnificent way and it works very specifically, and say we find ourselves in a situation where our life is threatened, something as simple as maybe we see a bear coming at us. We don't need to contemplate our options and weigh them each appropriately and you know go through a pros and cons list and write them down and, and think it through. Uh, we need to move. We need to seek shelter. We need to react quickly. And where many try to claim flight or fight, is a is an ancient neanderthal kind of reaction it's just it's just the way god has designed us to be in certain situations Mm -hmm. and so that that part of our brain and the way that we operate has an appropriate time and response for that other times uh, we need to think with a clear head and we need to take and have rational thought and what that is when we allow the world to feed us especially through the media and the times that we're living in now of course We've all listened to radio broadcasts from the the 20s or 30s or the 40s or the 50s where many people proclaim the same things, the times we're living in now, and we see Mm -hmm. the depravity and all that. What the world feeds us is fear and anxiety more than anything else right now. Um, Our appropriate response is to take that before the Lord and say, what do you want me to do with that? And Anytime we have any type of negative emotion, we need to bring it before the Lord there may be wisdom in it, but it's not a place for us to camp out. And so, why is that important? And why does that go back to fight or flight? And how does this tie into what we're looking at here? It's when a person's mind moves into a negative emotion, and even more importantly, when your heartbeat increases. There are things that happen that make us think in thoughts of flight or flight, of fight or flight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got my tang tangled there. <laughs> um, so what we need to do is take that and hold on to that thought because when we're in that mode we are we lose at least 20% of our reasoning capacity and it's for it is for a reason that that happens but we're applying it in the wrong place. So we've got to get our brain back to a place where it's settled. And the longer we stay in that place, the longer it takes for us to come out of that. The adrenaline and all the chemical cocktail that happens in our body that puts us in that place, the longer we stay there, the longer we we remain there. And so quickly recognizing where that thought is, bringing it back and captive to Christ in alignment with him, and squelching that emotion, the quicker we can move back into a place of proper reasoning. Most of the world is running in a place of not proper reasoning. They're actually running in a state of heightened anxiety and fear by everything they're being fed by the world around them. So we shouldn't be surprised that people think this way. First off, we have to display ourselves as of the right mind and having the peace of Christ within us so that we're not responding this way. And then we help others see that so we can bring them to a place where they can think rationally and not in that heightened state where they can't properly think and be guided into all these things that just carried to further destruction. So just know we can understand that and know that we can do something about that and know that we can recognize it in ourselves so we can, as it were, stop it as quickly as possible so we don't get wrapped up in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Thank
2: mm-hmm. you. Um, somebody else going to go? No, you go ahead, sweetheart. I found it interesting in verse 15 where it said, they have forsaken the right way, and we're talking about the unrighteous people here, and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. If we go back and look at the story in Numbers 22, we see Balak, the king of the Amorites, and he sends his princes and his nobles to come get Balaam to curse Israel for him. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how in verse 18... At Balaam's, and it says, then Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. And we'll just stop right there. Okay, so he's telling these people that he can't do anything outside of the parameters that God set for him. And then in verse twenty, it says, and God came to Balaam at night and said to him, if the men come to come to call you, rise and go with them, but only the word which I speak to you, that you shall do. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. And then the following verse, it says, then God's anger was aroused, because he went. And the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. Now, if the Lord had told Balaam to go, why would he be angry about it? Well, here's why. Because he said, if they call you and say, come, go. But it doesn't say that the princess came and called him again. It just said he rose up in the morning, settled his donkey, and went. That's what caused God to be angry, and that's what caused Balaam to step out of commandment of the Lord. If the princess had called him, the Lord wouldn't have sent his angel to stand as an adversary against him. And Balaam wouldn't have fallen away and fallen pray to satan's trap that he was setting to get balaam to go against god by cursing the children of israel and continuing in that story the donkey three times saved balaam's life crushing his foot laying down in the middle of the lane and turning sideways from where Balaam wanted to go and it's just interesting and even when balak was trying to get balaam to curse the children of Israel, to say what God had said was good and call it evil and speak against that, God was still able to bless the children of Israel. And it was interesting that Peter brought that up in his letter and said that they've fallen astray like Balaam. They have chosen Mm -hmm. to transgress the word of the Lord. Sure, they may have started out all right walking with him, but even those small little hair mishaps that we don't bring to him immediately can cause us to sin a lot more than we thought we were or just put the blinders on like you do with the horses when you're drawing a carriage and it's just important that we watch for that god will when he wants you to move go ahead and go when he wants you to stay go ahead and stay but don't do anything outside of that and don't start talking and get yourself in trouble and the multitude of words sins not lacking
4: Mm -hmm.
2: so if you stay in step with the holy spirit saying what he only says to say and doing what he says to do you'll ensure that you don't step out of his parameters god's anger won't be aroused against you you won't have to be afraid like you mentioned mr dean of calamity coming upon you because now you know that you're in right standing with god and that he will protect you Mm -hmm. and the evil one can't touch them those that are in my
1: father's hand no one snatches them out that's right so Also, let's understand this about Balaam. He asked God multiple times, and God had already told him no, first off. Uh So which means that when each man is tempted, he's drawn away by what? His own lust. His own lust, which is what the apostle Peter here says, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Balaam wanted the money. He wanted the stuff. He wanted the things. He wanted the, the notoriety, the fame, whatever it was, he wanted it. And he wanted it so much so that it began to draw him to press against and press against what God already said to him and began to twist him to go, okay, I can't do this, but I can do that. How close can I get to this sin without actually touching it? Hence, I'll go see them and give them an invitation to ask me, then I can do it. But even after that, if you look at Revelation chapter two, verse 14, it says, Charles, will you get there for me? Revelation chapter 2, verse 14.
3: I'm there. All righty, my love. But I have a few things against you. Because you have these, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to bec- to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat those sacrificed to idols and to commit sexually immorality? Sexual. Okay, he says, and to eat things
1: sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. So when Balaam was told no, right, and yes. found himself in trouble, he wanted and lusted for those natural things. So much so that he was willing to twist. Well, God said, I can't actually say this, but I can get this close over here. I can put my toe in the water. And he taught Balak how to put a stumbling block in front of the children of Israel. So we've we've already talked about we have the right to either open or close the door to the curse in our own lives. Yes, Jesus, he took care of the curse for us. But when we stay in alignment with him, otherwise the curse runs ruckshot right? Yes. So Balaam, if you read in numbers, um, a a chapter or so later, he tells them to take the women into the, the temple prostitutes, take them among the children of Israel, feed them this kind of meat because it'll get them to sin against God. And then that way they won't be blessed. Do you understand how deep that is? So the first Balak asked for him to stand up and pronounce a curse over them. Speak a word because Balaam was a prophet of the Lord. Well, Balaam understood things of God. Uh. You can't curse what God has blessed, but you can get them to curse themselves. Where does sexual immorality produce life in anyone? It doesn't. Where does it produce the blessing of God? It doesn't. Okay, when God told them to eat their food prepared in a particular way, and to have no other God before them, what does them eating things sacrificed to idols do. Okay, well, when God said to them, here's the blessing, here's the curse, choose life that you may live. Balaam, while he didn't stand on the thing with his on the mountain with his staff in his hand and pronounce the word, he came down the mountain and went around the other side and said, let me teach you how to make them fall and then now you can still pay me. That was the crime of Balaam. So, As you're thinking about this, take that into perspective as well. It wasn't just that he wanted to ride a donkey and be nice. There was a whole other twisting of the anointing Uh that was upon him. And he did start out going the right direction. But because of what was in his heart, that he loved the wages of unrighteousness. Now, he not only sinned himself. But he caused other people to sin, which is the false prophet thing. exactly, To draw them away from the Lord. So what does that tell us? First of all, be mindful, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. If it falls into that category, deal with it. Every desire that we have, God is a good God who wants to give us the desires of our heart. But does he want the desires of our heart to have us?
2: No.
1: Does he want anything to take his place in our life? No. In our eyesight, our perspective? No, he does not. He is the Lord our God. He is one. We shall have no other God before him, whether it be the God of our own children, the God of blatant idols or sexual immorality, the God of wealth or wages or whatever it is. There should be nothing that stands between us and our Lord Jesus Christ. So, thinking about that, That's an indicator for us to make sure that we don't have any, any lust, even if it seems like a good thing, but if it's pressing you and now it's rising up so big that it's driving you, like, like Mr. Dean said, bring that back to Jesus. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Okay, Lord, this is how I'm feeling about this particular thing. What's your perspective on it? And then when he gives you his perspective, that's enough.
5: (laughs) Grab hold to that. That's Grab right. hold to With it. Don't let go.
1: Take it can... and let that establish itself in your heart and your mind. This is truth. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. So anything else that shows up and talks contrary to that, God told Balaam, they're blessed. I've blessed them. So there's no way he should okay. even reason and consider, well, I'll, I'll have them curse themselves. That's ungodly. He didn't hold God's word as, word as truth. Except to try to connive. So, when God tells you the truth about it, do what the Apostle Paul said. Buffet your flesh. If your, your body and a part of you is screaming to obey the word of God, that's a good time to go have a fast. That's a good time to sit yourself down right there, then and there. Don't, don't let food touch your lips until you get that under control on the inside of you. Drink some water, by all means. That's, that's, that's good for you so you don't dehydrate. But you can go some time without eating. Okay. Or, or whatever turn that, whatever the turn Lord that Lord TV off. <clears throat> turn those phone calls off. And you get in there with your heavenly father. And you deal with that. Because such a simple thing. How great a sin it led to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And now Balaam. When he could have been listed in the word of God. As the champion. Who stood on the word of God. And refused to curse the children of Israel. Because God had blessed them. Now is referred to as. Wicked, a false prophet, right?
0: Yes. But someone who was a prophet, who heard from the Lord, who spoke, well, initially, the things of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And clearly that was recognized. Hence, he had the title of a prophet. Mm -hmm. And everybody knew he was. But clearly, somewhere along the line, his heart changed and turned away from the Lord and he operated out of the flesh. All right, Paul talks about that. You were talking about the fasting piece, Sonny. Romans 7, 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. Not in the flesh, right? Scripture Mm -hmm. also tells us the flesh wars against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh, mm-hmm. but then we also have to look at where that comes from. All right, Romans six, seventeen, and eighteen says, "But God thanked, uh, but God be thanked that through that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness." We were literally reading just yesterday how it talked about Noah and how they were saved. And it said that Noah preached righteousness. So even even then, this isn't, that's in Genesis, what's chapter 6 through 8? It talks about Noah. And it talks about how here in 2 Peter, Noah preached righteousness. But, and, and I'll bring this up. Because we have to address the things, judge ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Get our flesh under control. But again, with judging ourselves so we're not judged, it's a, an examination. All right, James talks about that. Don't look at yourself like in a mirror, and then as soon as you turn, forget. Right? It's a constant keeping us in check. Mm-hmm. Uh, Balaam, I believe, is, is referenced in Numbers mm-hmm. uh, 22. But it's interesting that... In Numbers, excuse me, let me get to my place here. And in the time of Judges, right? Because we look at the heart and and what everyone does. And multiple times in Judges, there's a common verse that comes up. It talks about how in those days there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. You see that in Judges 17, 18, 19, 21. I mean, it says it repeatedly. But actually... The first time that I found that listed, not saying it's the first time in all of Scripture, is in Deuteronomy 12, and is it Deuteronomy 12 verse 8, I believe. Yes, Deuteronomy 12:8. But that entire chapter is very interesting because the preceding chapter, chapter 11, talks about. The blessings of obedience in so many aspects. Uh, conditions of blessings and blessings upon the nation. And then, this is, this is in Deuteronomy 11. And then in verse 26 on it, it's the, a choice, a blessing or the curse, right? And then it continues, perpetual reminders of blessings and blessings upon conquests. And, and again, conditions, right? Some, some of these blessings have conditions behind them. But then chapter twelve begins and it says uh, I love how it begins, these are the statutes and judgments which you shall be careful to observe in the land which the Lord the God of your fathers is giving you to possess all the days that you live on earth. And then there from verses two through four, it is how we're to destroy things that don't reflect the Lord. And his nature and his character, and actually are, are opposed to the Lord and the things that he has set in place, his, his commandments, his statutes for us to follow. Right? The first one is destroy all the places the nations, um, uh, where the nations which you shall dispossess served their gods on the high mountains, on the hills, and on every green tree. What are the gods in our lives that we serve? that we need to destroy and break down those altars within our lives. Getting our flesh under control, uprooting that, replacing it with the Lord, with truth. It's important. But again, like I said, verse when you get down to verse 8, right, it says, You shall not at all do as we are doing here today, every man doing whatever is right, in his own eyes for as yet you have not come to the rest and the inheritance which the Lord your God has given you and yes it continues talking about coming into the promised land now right but as i look at peter and what we're discussing it is people who have come into the faith right or at least that's that's what's proclaimed and have fallen away, are teaching false doctrines, mm-hmm. and, and and all the rest. All right, First John or John in First John, the Apostle John, talks about that as well. Right, there are many antichrists, and they're already in the world. Those that are teaching things against the Lord, mm-hmm. that are contrary to the Word and what He has put out, what He has stated, or breathed out through His Holy Spirit to the the, the prophets and and kings and, and all those before, uh, written about or, or written in the Old Testament, right? It talks about the depravity. It comes from the heart. So what are the things and the areas in our heart that we need to deal with, that we need to uproot and replace with truth?
5: Well, John, that, that's really appropriate for where I was feeling led. So um, interesting. Uh, I saw a commercial the other day that was really, um, I thought it was disgusting. Um, I don't remember. I think it was Nike. And it was heralding black women in sports and trans women in sports. It was heralding it, how we need to be champions for that. That is contrary to God's word. And, you know, Kamisha talked about uh, that yesterday about um, how we should view our brothers and sisters that are struggling with that sin no differently than we should view anybody else that's struggling with sin and even our own sin. But we are inviting that idol into our house and we are letting that lie resonate in us um as of 2015 the latest study shows that the average american more so than anywhere else in the world watches tv 274 minutes every day Hmm. over four hours now you really want to get this in perspective so first off i don't want to neglect the fact of saying if we tithe all that the Lord brings into our storehouse. That is our time as well, too. Mm -hmm. If you only took 10% of that time, just 10% of that time that you devoted to TV and devoted to the Lord, 27 minutes, it takes an average of 15 minutes every day to read through the Bible an entire year. You could read the Bible twice every year with that investment of that time and bringing that for the Lord, at least to dilute some of the stuff that you're letting in otherwise. But here's where it really gets sickening. 274 minutes a day, is two months of your year. Now, if somebody said they were going to sit down in front of the TV, nonstop, 24 hours a day for two months, and feed their mind on that, you'd think this person's got to be crazy, yet the average American is doing this. Hmm. In a little increments, two months of the entire year. And just do the math. 274 minutes is a over four hours. Four hours is one-sixth of a day. So say one-sixth of the year is two months. I mean, it's just pretty easy to come up with the math on that and we're inviting those idols in and we're feeding all this stuff it's just no wonder no wonder people don't know the truth
0: well we were talking about the heart right and in Matthew Jesus Matthew 6:21 Jesus says for where your treasure is there your heart is also right as we look up over and what Peter is saying about the depravity of false teachers right Clearly, they count it pleasure. They carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes. Right? And he even talks about the eyes. right, carousing their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes of adultery that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. Where your heart is, or where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Mm-hmm. And in Matthew 6.22, I find it very interesting that the Lord, I mean, clearly, no coincidence, there, there's no coincidence with the Lord. He's very purposeful in what he says. It says this, The eye is the lamp of the body, and if your eyes are good, then your whole body will be full of light. Right? Something very similar said in Luke 12.34, but, or and, I should say, um, 2 Corinthians 4.18 While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Where is our treasure? And where is our heart? Is it on the things of the Lord, or is it on earthly, fleshly things? What are we, I'll say, lusting after? What is our desire? Is it to be pleasing to our Heavenly Father and our Lord? To just be in His presence? Yes, eternally, but also while we are here on this earth. Or is it, well, not unlike Balaam, to go after things of this earth? And I'm not saying that we can't, as, as Christians, as believers, have money and cars and and, and nice. things, and nice things, Right? Not saying we can't have what, what many refer to as uh, "quote unquote" the finer things of life, but what are we serving? What are we going after? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah was clearly had money. Abraham had money. They were rich. Job. Right. Like, there are many others. Solomon. Mm-hmm. Okay. However, the heart was for the Lord, and it, but it also we have to continually check ourselves to make sure that we are remaining. I brought up Solomon, and it says how he fell away, right? Here we are talking about Balaam. It's the same thing. What are we doing? Where is our heart? And what is our treasure? Is the Lord our treasure and our portion and our inheritance? Or is it the things of this earth?
5: Hmm. But it has to be purposeful, like we talked about yesterday Amen. with Lot's daughters. So it it wasn't purposeful, it seems, to feed the things of the lord so by default the things of the lustful flesh mm-hmm. is what was fed and that was what was sown in their actions with their father mm-hmm. it's got to be deliberate and it and it it's 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 very easy to feed the flesh it's very easy to walk in the house and turn on the tv to turn on the radio whatever i mean i hear people say oh yeah i turn on abc christian station all the time i have it on 24 7 i'm like that's not consistent with God's word either. That's not the same as spending intimate time. I mean, Jesus modeled it for us. He got up early in the morning, and went and spent time with the Father before he started his day. It, it takes work. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes the flesh doesn't want to do it. Kamisha, you're right. That's like so. Maybe that's the time to fast. Maybe that's the time to turn off the TV, to turn off the radio, to turn off the social media. What to turn off your phone, whatever it is. But don't want to don't want to water it down. That it's not hard, especially when you're breaking a habit doing that but the the results of not doing it are pretty clear here and that's mm-hmm. what he's trying to trying to tell you so it's not only what it is it's what it isn't exactly
0: mm-hmm. what are the habits and patterns we are developing for our own lives right we we talked about it in daniel his custom was to pray three times a day david talks about how he prayed in the morning and in the evening um, and i believe it was was it Tozier or was it andrew murray wrote a book about that one of them wrote a um I believe it was one of them. Wrote a, a devotional about that, right? Morning and evening about prayer, just spending time with the with the Lord. Spurgeon. Spurgeon. Thank you, thank you very much, brother. And it was one of them. Yeah. Um, what we would consider, you know, uh, generals of of the faith, or, or or you know, clearly champions in the faith. You know, not in, written in, about in the Bible, but but we read all the books and all the accounts of these these great clearly leaders. That the Lord appointed and, and called and, and were used mightily of the Lord. And it, they also had developed habits and patterns in their own life of how they were going to, you know, um, mature and grow and develop spiritually as well as naturally. But the focus was on the Lord and the things of the Lord. And of course, the Holy Spirit can always deviate, <laughs> right? And, uh, and change the course. Right. He he has the freedom or we have to allow him to have the freedom to do that in our lives. But if we are truly focused on the Lord and desire to be pleasing to him, then we will automatically give him the freedom to do so.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I wanna read Revelation chapter two again and I wanna kinda take a peek. Uh we just read the one scripture before when we looked at it, but I wanna look at who is got talking to. This is the Lord Jesus Christ, he's um in a, a vision talking to the apostle john while he was stranded or he was <laughs> exiled um we'll start in verse 12 and read through verse 17 can you you got that le charles yes can you read that for me sweetheart
3: and to the angel of the church in Pergamos, right these things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you, because you have because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat Things sacrificed to idols and to, and to commit sexually immorality. Thus you, thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the
0: Nicolaitans?
3: Nicolaitans. Nicolaitans. Sorry. Which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him ear hear what the Spirit says to the church. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. And I'll give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name, written, which no one knows except him who receives it.
1: Amen. So God is... The Nicolaitans, honey, explain to us what they believed again, that it really didn't matter what you did with your body.
0: Uh, Yeah, more or less. Um, There was uh, a form of Gnosticism, which... um, As I understand it, they're um, denying essentially the resurrection of Christ, um, treating him as just a person, and also that yeah, there was sexual immorality clearly prevalent Mm -hmm. within some of their teachings and beliefs. Um, Not uncommon for the day and the time period.
1: But also there was an element of there's a separation of your spirit and your body, and what you do with your body doesn't matter. But what you, sure. only that you believe Jesus. So you could say, I believe Jesus, but then live a sexually immoral life. And that would be just as good as salvation and living a holy life before God. Inaccurate. I'm sorry?
0: Which is clearly inaccurate. That is and a, against a lie.
1: It's a lie from the enemy, right? It's from the pit of hell. So um, back to what Dean was saying about the the transgender athletes and things of that nature. There is a, a heavy push and a spirit of deception trying to get people to call the truth a lie and a lie the truth. Mm -hmm. And then they guise it under others. I'm an African-American female. I have children. We have children, and we are multi-ethnic and um, multiple backgrounds within this podcast. And they, they try to guise what's happening under, just look at their skin color. And because you... You feel hurt about this. Remember yesterday we prayed about that, the people that have hurts in their life that now is bled into unforgiveness. Now it's it's corrupted and crept into these other areas of their life. And it's going, well, just ignore it. Just say that it's okay and be swept away in this lying doctrine that we should get behind it with the commercial that you saw. We should support this because it's right. No, in the name of Jesus, it's wrong. But do we love you? man. God made you a man. You are in fact a man. And we love you. Are you confused right now? Absolutely. Are you just, um, are you drawn away into something that is corrupt and contrary to God? Yes, you are, but we love you. And Jesus died for you just like he died for me. And so as we're, we're looking here, it's not to point fingers and go, I'm better than you, or somehow you're worse than me. That's a Scooby-Doo version. Right. Yes. But to say, be watchful of these things, because they will try to sneak in and substitute the righteousness of God, the truth of God's word, with a lie. And just like this church here in Revelation chapter two, who was drawn away, Jesus said, Come back to them, repent, or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my the sword of my mouth be mindful all of this is a the word is written for our edification reproof and instruction that we may build doct, sound doctrine based on the guidance and the word and the of the holy spirit we saw in chapter 1 that no no prophecy came ever came by the will of god we're talking about an accurate not a false prophet for the prop, for prophecy never came by the will of man but holy men of god spoke as they were moved by the holy spirit so as we are listening the holy spirit the same one that inspired the word is to to bring it to pass and to uh, make it alive and give understanding quicken it on the inside of our mortal bodies so that way we are not tempted and drawn away by these these wicked things and i know i know that i say this a lot but unforgiveness is a is a quiet silent killer Mm. to the life of any human
0: well it starts off silent too far down the road it becomes very loud and on very many different levels
1: Mm -hmm. and i just want to read something out of romans chapter 6 verse 16 it says do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey you are that one's slaves whom you Mm -hmm. obey whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness and then going down to verse 23 says for the wages of sin is death But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So whether you started off with good intentions, clearly if the Lord was ministering in this way to Balaam, he started off with at some point in his walk with him with good intentions. But because of lust, whether it's the eye looking at, well, bless you, honey. Thank you. Well, all these other people profit and they're not, they benefit financially. They're being bettered and and pushed forward in their life, but they don't live for God. They become, and starting to look at that in the wrong way and be enticed by it when surely, as um, the first parts of chapter two told us, their day is reserved. Their destruction does not slumber. Nobody's getting away with sin. Don't worry about that. But guarding our hearts so we don't allow the seeds of the enemy to get in there. And one of the big things is unforgiveness. Are you mad at God because your life isn't moving as fast as you Wanted it to? You thought it should go? Or is he taking you on a harder journey than you wanted to commit to? Are you angry with your parents because they did not do or they did something to you when you were young or a, a neighbor or someone did something to you? Are you angry because there, there was a time 200 years ago when other people that looked like you were mistreated and you feel small today? Because that happened, or because someone said something to you, or you think other people feel this way about you. And now the enemy has a gateway into your life, and he's drawing you away into wrath, ungodliness, and right? Yes. Does that make sense to you? So, the wages of sin for anybody is death. Uh-huh. Anybody that lives a life of iniquity continually continually engaging in living a lifestyle of sin is death, I'm not saying that we don't make a mistake and go, oh God, oh, I'm sorry, I need you to forgive me. First John one nine says when we repent, he is faithful and just to forgive us all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But when we leave it uncovered by the blood of Jesus, when we leave it unrepented before him, the enemy is coming. Those seeds are growing roots and now soon they will begin to spring up. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, and the moment we bring our sins under the blood of Jesus, the moment we repent to him from a sincere heart and turn away from those wicked actions, anyone who will do this, he's faithful and just to forgive us all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Is he expecting us to keep the law and perfect it out of our flesh? No, but he's expecting us to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and live a life that's Worthy of the calling, worthy of the sacrifice that He has made for us, with a good attitude. Hmm. If I don't mind,
5: let me just want to uh, thank you for helping clarify what I was saying because I certainly wasn't speaking against anyone. I think that the, what's important to understand is that all of us are struggling with sin, absolutely, right? and so um, we don't want to deny the reality of somebody's struggle.
3: Mm -hmm.
5: So having thoughts, whatever they may be about sin nature, um, doesn't make you bad. It's what you do with those thoughts and why it's so important for us to cultivate our relationship Mm -hmm. with Christ. Um, Both my parents were in the banking industry, Mm -hmm. and as a child, I found myself in banks, in, in areas of banks that the public would never get to, and in banks after hours, before hours, and... I saw things as a kid that would have made it very easy for me to rob banks. And and I'm, I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. joking. I used to mm-hmm. think about how I could rob a bank and get away with it when I was younger. Of course, I mm-hmm. knew better mm-hmm. that it was wrong to carry those thoughts. And even though I was so young, I didn't understand how to process them as far as holding them captive to Christ. I knew because just innately what God had put in me, I could not indulge those thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so... We never want to deny the thoughts that somebody is having. We never want to deny the reality that they're living in and the way they're processing. What we want to do is help them find a way to bring that to Christ so he can help you process that in a way that glorifies him and makes you whole.
1: Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, um, something the kids have heard me say often is that the enemy comes to everybody with the same bag of tricks and he knocks on the door. Man. And he'll hold it up. You like this one? (laughs) Just like a salesman. You like this? What about this? And you go, no, no, I don't like that. And he go, what about this? You going to buy into that? No, no, I don't want that. What about this? I got this over here. And he will keep going till he can get you and bait you off of something
5: else. It's called the puppy dog trick. The puppy dog trick. Yeah, it's exactly what it's called in sales. So if you show up at the door with a cute little puppy and say, here, take the puppy and they go, well, I don't want it. So I'll tell you what, what I'm going to do is because you're so nice, I'm going to let you keep the puppy for a couple of days just so you can get to know him and I'll come back in a few days. And if you still don't want him, I'll take him and it's no cost to you whatsoever. Knowing that you'll get enamored with the puppy because they're so cute and they're so fun and all. And then they come back before you deal with the reality of what having that puppy really means and how it ruins your carpet and chews up your furniture and you have to feed it and take it to the vet and all the other things that go along with it. But you can't see that in the moment and he, appeals to your emotions,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and misdirects you to think about things the wrong way.
1: Amen. Mm-hmm.
0: Amen. Not mm-hmm. realizing that a relationship bonds are being attached and formed from that initial moment and that entire time period. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's important for us to, to recognize those things, absolutely. And just to, to bring it back to what we were discussing here with uh, in Second Peter, he he mentions about the false teachers, all right? And essentially um, talking about their doom and this is what's there for them and and the why, right? But now uh, we also talked a little bit earlier about how Noah preached righteousness. And it's important because we too, are to preach righteousness, and and what is righteousness? Right, uh, we'll say it in, uh, in a few different. Give you a few different examples. One is found in Ezekiel. We'll go even go Old Testament, right? Ezekiel forty-four, verse twenty-three. Now, this is what the the Lord is saying are some of the duties of the priests. Ezekiel. <coughs> Ezekiel forty-four twenty-three. Yes. The priests, the teachers, the, the ones the Lord has appointed are to teach, this is what it says, they are to teach my people the difference between the holy and the common, and show them how to discern between the clean and the unclean, which is the exact opposite of what you are seeing described from Peter and Second Peter, it's the exact opposite of that, and it's not the only time the Lord says that as we talk about teachers and how we're all dealing with stuff, right? We all have to bring it to the Lord. So I'll, I want to bring you to Jeremiah 15 as well. All right? So in Jeremiah 15, Jeremiah's having a conversation with the Lord and... If you, if you read it, you will find that Jeremiah is a little, seems a little downcast, a little downtrodden because of the, the judgments that the Lord is having him pronounce. And the Lord is saying how he will not relent from, from these judgments. But it's interesting, in verse 19, the Lord is reassuring Jeremiah, but he also corrects him. And in verse 19 says, Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you return, then I will bring you back. You shall stand before me, if you take out the precious from the vile. You shall be as my mouth. Let them return to you, but you must not return to them. Right? Is exactly all the things that we are discussing here. And Peter, how we are to stand, and you covered in Revelation, honey, with the, the church of Pergamus. Right, while in the midst, surrounded by Satan himself and all the evil things mm-hmm. that were there, right? I and mean, they're, they're living in the midst of clearly an evil place, not unlike what we've discussed about Lot and his family. Mm. They were still to stand in the things of the Lord, to be able to distinguish, or in this case, as it says here, discern between clean and unclean, between holy and profane or common, Right. It's the same thing for all of us. But also in Jeremiah, what he's saying there is, Return to me, I'll bring you back in, I will forgive you. Right? It's the same thing that you see that throughout Jeremiah, but especially in in chapters three and four. Right. Chapter three, verse twenty-two, and Jeremiah says, Return you backsliding children, and I will heal your backsliding. In chapter 4, verse 1, if you return, O Israel, says the Lord, return to me, and if you put away your abominations out of my sight, this is the key part, if you put away your abominations, then you shall not be moved. The exact things that we've been discussing here, well, throughout this ministry in its entirety, but even this morning, the things that are against the Lord. That are in complete opposition to him. Buffet the flesh, remove those things, uproot them from your life, replace them with the Lord, with truth, mm-hmm. and stand in that. You shall not be moved. Right? Mm-hmm. What's the scripture? Where is it? There is nothing, you know, death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor anything can separate us from the love of God. All right? The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's, that's not being attacked by gates. That is, everything behind the gates being unleashed will not be able to prevail, will not win. We have to do our part mm-hmm. and remove those abominations, those detestable mm-hmm. things, those unholy, common Things from our lives.
1: Mm-hmm. That was Romans chapter eight, honey. Yes, thank you. Romans chapter eight and verse seventeen. Do you, do you want to say something, Dean?
5: Well,
0: I mean, you go ahead. I just
5: no. Yeah, go I, ahead. Go ahead. Well, it's, it's um, you know, back in the second Peter says it's, it's um, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant. Mm-hmm. Exactly that they don't understand. Will also be destroyed by the destruction. So, you know, sometimes. As Christians, we get wrapped up um, because we have a base of our understanding, right? And the more mature we have that base, the harder sometimes it is for us to properly relate to others. Mm. So it's what I think everybody's trying to say is just as important as what we're not saying. So what we're, we're not saying is it's that it's not okay to have these kind of thoughts, kind of what I was saying before. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's okay if a sinful thought enters your mind. There's an old proverb, right? You can't stop a bird from landing on your head, but you can stop him from making a nest. Absolutely. Right? And and so it's what we do with those thoughts. And so if um, staying, let to stay into the trans kind of thing or the homosexual lifestyle or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. it's not in that that thought comes in. And it's not even that it's not wrong to say, well, If I'm having these thoughts and God wonderfully made me, then how can this be lining up with that? What the challenge for you as an individual is, is no matter what that sinful thought is, is to press into God's word until he brings you into a place of alignment with that. It's not what we're saying about it. It's not our interpretation of it, but it's you digging in because God's giving you a place to show you where you're out of alignment with him. Mm -hmm. He's not giving you a place to condemn you. He's not giving you a place to be angry at you. He's not giving you a place for Christians to point their fingers at you. What he's giving you is a place for you to get realigned to him because that's what he really wants. Mm-hmm. And if you're seeing him in any other way other than a God that loves you so much and just wants to have a relationship with you, put that filter in there. He sacrificed his only son just so he could have a relationship with you. He mm-hmm. didn't do this so that he could be mad at you. He didn't do it. So you Mm -hmm. could be confused about Mm -hmm. your view of who he is, but take that and use that as your motivation to dig into his word to see what he's truly trying to show you and how he's trying to draw you closer to him so that you can have that wonderful relationship.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Amen. So the thoughts, the enemy brings thoughts. Jesus (coughs) said, take no thoughts for what you will wear, Mm -hmm. what you will eat, you know, what you'll put on. Take no thought, meaning the thoughts will come, but you don't have to accept them. And accepting them would be, uh, you could use the word entertain. You know how a thought across your mind, you can either go get out of here. In the name of Jesus. And you can reject the thought or you can take it in and go, well, what would that be like? You can entertain it. You can start to put yourself in position of it. See, how would I look if I did that? Or how would that feel? or All of those kind of things and entertain that thought versus rejecting it. So God is not upset with you. He understands the enemy's coming. He's going to engage (laughs) you with thoughts because he has no power in the earth outside of a fleshly body cooperating with him. Mm Mm-hmm. So all he has is whispers on the wind kind of deal. I'll just throw this thought over here. I'll try to mimic your voice and I'll go, what if I do this? He'll talk to you like that to make it seem like you're thinking this on your own. But that's why we need the word to wash our minds with the water of the word of God. So that way, when it comes, you're like, no, that is, that's not me. Because the words on the inside of you, is written on the tablet of your heart and it'll rise up and reject that. And then you leave it rejected. And if it's a case that you're not quite sure about or if it's bombarding you constantly, it's banging and beating your door down. Bring it to Jesus Christ Amen. and go, Lord, these are the thoughts that are coming. Why is this happening? What's your answer? What's your solution? Because before we called, he's already provided the
5: answer. Right, I mean, you you guys know, and I don't need to go into it much for the listeners, but I just went to a time of questioning what um, God had for me in the future. Mm -hmm. An opportunity presented itself, and Mm -hmm. um, I sought counsel from his word. I sought Mm -hmm. counsel in prayer. I sought counsel from my godly brothers and sisters in my life, and God allowed me to see the entire opportunity. Then he allowed me to see the depth of it and how it wasn't in alignment with what he had for me, And then he gave me a solid foundation to pull off of that said, we're done with the what ifs. Mm -hmm. What you're doing is what you're supposed to be doing. You don't need to look at what anybody else is doing. That's doing something similar as you. Mm -hmm. And this is what I've called you to. We're done with the what ifs. And, Mm The what-ifs have come back multiple times just in that short period since this has happened, and immediately God brings that to my mind. It says, we've already dealt with this. And I can immediately go, we've already dealt with that. So I don't have to entertain the thought. That's I don't right. have to think about Amen. it. The what-ifs right. when that's it comes right. to this are, are not on the table anymore. Mm-hmm. You can move on. And there's a peace Amen. and a comfort and a surety. And, of course, there's a whole lot more headspace <laughs> left because I'm not processing those thoughts. So Amen. I don't even have to deal with them.
1: Amen. And,
0: and that's all God's trying to do with all of us.
5: Amen.
1: As, yeah. That's it. Oh, so you, so you did
0: it. You did, I want to point this out because this is important, Dean, right? There were things you were not, you were uncertain of in the moment, but what did you do? You held it up before the Lord and you said, Lord, what is this? Teach mm-hmm. me, show me. What do you call right? it? Right, so exactly. You, In other words, you let it pass by before the Lord, which is what we're all to do in everything, especially the things that we are unsure of or uncertain of in the moment and allow the Lord, to teach us his ways and his thoughts about the thing. And just even if another situation comes and presents itself, right, that that looks similar, right, uh, we'll take David as an example, right? He went to war, and he went to go fight this battle. And then just a few verses later, he talks about how he's fighting another battle with the same people. And he says, Lord, should I do the same thing again? And the Lord said, no, now this time do this, right? So for everything, let it pass by before the Lord, Right. Scripture talks about how Jesus is the last Adam. Mm -hmm. Adam had a very unique role, and that is the Lord said everything is going to pass before him, Adam, that is, in the garden, and he was going to name it. And whatever he called it, that's what it was. We should be doing the same thing with our Heavenly Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, letting it pass by before him. And whatever he says about it, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. So if there is a thought, if there, I say it because of this reason. If there is a thought that you are uncertain of or a lifestyle, whatever the case may be, that you are uncertain of, yep, you have this this podcast that you can listen to, but don't just take our word for it. First and foremost, bring them before the Lord. Mm-hmm. Lord, what are your thoughts on it? What do you say about this? Mm-hmm. Show me. Ask him to show, him to show you, to teach you. Well, Through his Holy Spirit and his word, he will. He will and he will speak to you directly on it. Mm-hmm. He will minister to you. And and of course, as you pointed out, Dean, there are brothers and sisters in Christ that you can reach out to. If, if you are truly willing to to learn, to under, to to understand what it is and if it lines up with the Lord and his nature and his character and his attributes, please by all means you can reach out to us here at a day of prayer at yahoo.com. We'd love to to, to discuss uh, well, we love to discuss the Lord and mm-hmm. the and the things of the Lord. So uh, we'd absolutely love to hear from you
1: and we'll seek the Lord on it Amen. you know like Dean what you discuss with us when you when you have a question or you're going hey i'm I'm what is the Lord what do you what do you think about it what's the Lord saying we go and listen to God on it I'm not going to tell you what my opinion is or my perspective as the Lord speaks that's what comes out of my mouth because Amen. that's where you're safe I know that you'll be safe and sound whatever choice God leads you to he will get the glory and you will be well cared for it. in it. Um
0: and that goes for everyone. Mm-hmm. but that's how we it's what we teach, but it's also what we live. We are going to seek the Lord and say what He says to say mm-hmm. and do what He says to do about. It. Mm-hmm.
1: And as we're looking at where do you get counsel, first and foremost, Holy Spirit is your counselor. If you have not yet accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. you don't have access to Holy Spirit in that way. Mm-hmm. He comes after salvation. So take a moment. If you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord, it's really quick. Tell God, I'm sorry. I need a savior. I have sinned in my life and I was wrong. That sin is wrong. But I believe that you came in the earth and you lived. You were born of a virgin, just like your word says. You came in a flesh, blood and bone body. You died for you lived perfectly and you died for my sins and you have been raised from the dead and now you are alive and well in heaven and your blood is on the mercy seat for me. Jesus come into my life, be Lord and master. And if you do that from a sincere place, you are saved. There you go. Now ask the Holy Spirit to come in, invite the Holy Spirit to fill you with his presence. When you get saved, you have a natural, um, I'll say a spiritual relationship with the Holy Spirit, but there is a baptism baptism of the Holy Spirit that's available to you as well, where you can be endued with power, just like he said to his disciples. So if you want that same relationship you can look at acts chapter one and see what they experienced and ask the god ask the lord it's his idea it's his good pleasure to have the holy spirit come into your life and fill you up with his power and then something will happen it's called the um speaking in tongues with evidence of that relationship you when you allow god in that willingness to yield to him allows him to fill you up and you and obedience and willingness. You allow your mouth to speak as he gives you utterance. He doesn't make you talk, but he will give you the words and you do the talking just like any other time. So, um, verse 17, real quick, as I wrap this up, these talks, um, in chapter two, it says, these are wells without water clouds carried by a tempest for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Don't be enticed. Their words are empty. They say, oh, we're living the life. They're showing an image that this is the way it should be. But it's still contrary to the word and the will of God. When you look deeper, you see that there's anger and a bully behavior and unlovingness. But what God says stands forever. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And that is where you'll be satisfied. That's where the broken places will be made whole. And everything that's wrong in your life, God will make it right. And he'll walk that journey with you. And ultimately, you'll be able to see your Lord and Savior when you leave and transition out of this earth into your eternal place. So, all right, somebody close us out in prayer. I will. Thank you, baby.
2: Lord, I just thank you for today and for your mercy, Lord, and for the opportunities you give us to come to know you, Lord, and to come into a relationship with you, Lord, and just be your son or your daughter lord and have you be our father lord and just with the mercy and the goodness that you have in store for us lord your blessings lord and the fact that we don't have to be afraid of the enemy lord and that we can rest in you and uh, be assured that you care for us lord yes that you have our needs met lord and that you've got everything under your hand lord and we can just fall back into you lord in peace and in rest and in freedom lord in you and in your word lord and we can fellowship with each other as brothers and sisters and help edify and build up and encourage lord as we run after you and your word in jesus name amen
0: amen Amen. well we love you we are keeping you lifted up in prayer Mm -hmm. so god bless you have a wonderful day